Welcome to Live with the Pricing Lady. I'm Janine, your hostess. This show is all about helping you build a sustainably profitable business while making an unbelievable impact on your world. Learn from my 20 years of experience and from my guests as we discuss their pricing challenges, failures, and successes. Pricing is a way of being or behaving in your business. My mission is to help you confidently charge for the value you deliver. Pricing is either hurting or helping your business. Let's make sure it's helping you reach your dreams. In this episode of Live with the Pricing Lady, I sit down with Christina Ruiz de Castaneda. She's the founder of Blue Vega and works with SMEs and startups to help them build commercial roadmaps. She says there's nothing she enjoys more than crystallizing the commercial viability of a business idea into a clear roadmap for the future. We take a look together at her own pricing journey and what that was like for her when she started her business and some of the mistakes she sees in the startups and SMEs she works with. We'll take a look at that and so much more. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the episode. Today, I would like to welcome a very special guest, Ms. Christina Ruiz de Castaneda. Did I get it right? (laughs) Hi, Christina. Hi, Jimmy. It's so lovely to have you here. Thank you for having me. Why don't we start with a few rapid fire questions? And the first one is, where are you joining us from today? I am based in Zurich, Switzerland. Yes. And we met at the Female Founder Switzerland. So hello to all our other female founders. (laughs) What would you describe as your superpower? Well, if I would ask people around me, I would probably, they would probably say something like when she has a task at hand, she gets into this hyper-structured way of processing. So I would say really structuring the problem, trying to break it down. That's something I, I have the tendency to do and use it in, in at my work a lot. Super excellent. Great skill to have. What's yeah. one interesting thing that people don't know about you? Well, in contrast to the hyper-structuration, the other thing is basically that painting is my passion. I've been painting since I'm I'm little. And it's really the contrast because it it allows me the freedom to actually have no constraints, no structure, the freedom of creativity. Oh, that's great. Do you have your drawings or paintings somewhere that we can look at them? Well, it's a mess. <laughs> it's only a mess, but it's the point of it. So it's like, you know, super creative. But you can imagine it. It's full of canvases and colors. And, and uh, yeah, and my chair is completely covered in colors. So, yeah. <laughs> I love it. So, Christina, what is it that you do? And what kind of value do clients get from your service? So basically, I'm a commercial consultant for early stage and small companies. And what I do is we build together with them the commercial roadmap. That is basically the where your company is today, where your company should or where you want it to be in the future and how to get there. And we do that in materializing the vision into concrete numbers and developing an actionable plan to actually get to those targets. 
And the value, I would say, because I work myself in startups, is um, I would say three things. First of all, build confidence. Um, confidence in your own numbers, in knowing your business very well, your technology very well in terms of, let's say, the commercial aspect, and also know where you're going. And I think when you know that and when you have a plan, you're also, let's say, transmitting or uh, sharing that confidence and building trust on the other side when you're acquiring investors or when you're talking to potential partners or customers. The other point is time. I help them do things that they cannot do because they're overwhelmed with all the other stuff. And it takes us maybe a, a workshop of two and a half days. So it really, I, I help them with all that thing that's all those, the research and the strategy and all these things that they often don't have the time. And clarity. And I think clarity is the last one because when you know where you're going, you can also be aligned in your company. And mm -hmm. it's very motivational to know where you're going. I've been in, in companies or I've seen, I've worked with companies that, you know, where they weren't completely aligned and there were different expectations. And that can be uh, not only not motivating, but demotivating. <laughs> so I think this is a package of having a clear aim. Mm -hmm. I love that. Excellent. Thank you for sharing that. It's such a tough job starting a business for most people. If you've never done it before, or you don't have someone dear to you who's done it and you knew what they went through, yeah. <laughs> a lot of people go into starting a business underestimating what it's going to take, not just mentally, but also physically, yeah. energy wise yeah. and knowledge wise, yeah. all these things you have to learn. It's fantastic to have people out there to support um, yeah. your business. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, anybody who's supporting, not just me, but uh, really to give them the chance of having a, a fair shot at that idea that they have, that's, that's really right. the Right. So Christina, why did you get started in this or how did you get started in doing this? Well, in fact, it's a super old idea. I had like 10 years ago, <laughs> but it's been matured in my head. So I worked already in the past with um, a venture capital firm in fintech. So from the other side of the startups where, where the investors are, I worked in large companies. I worked as head of sales and marketing in a startup. And that's where it happened, where actually we had to take so many decisions and, and we were quite under pressure. And I said that we needed to all pull from the same rope. And one day we had a consultant who came, I don't know, someone hired him. He stayed with us two days. It was the best experience, apart from all I learned in the company, these two days. It was really all about knowing where's the company and where do you want to go? Where's the, 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 the best, the most suitable market to invest in in the next year? And really very specific. In fact, it never left my mind. Uh, this, this, I never found this man again. I've been searching for it <laughs> here. But I took the, the idea and changed it in a way and turned it into what I think is the best tool is a commercial roadmap to buy mm -hmm. company. So, and this is what I love to do. I love to do it. What is it you love so much about it? I love to first dive into an organization of, of very enthusiastic people that are very knowledgeable people who have an idea and to the process of turning that idea into something more real. This is a process I just love because it is exactly what I said at the beginning. It's structuring something, breaking it down, and then really going for it. 
not, you know, let's go a bit here, let's go a bit there. And the tendency of uh, deviating as a startup is so big that I think it's just nice to know, to have a path, even if the path might change a bit, because it's obvious uh, it's a startup and not a, you know, uh, yeah. When you first started your business and you sat down and you had to fix some prices, what was that like for you? Well, I probably was one day completely overwhelmed, like, no, I cannot charge this. I was looking at lists of consultant pricing and in different areas. So market research, for sure. I was looking what market charging. And then I stopped. That's fine. And I went to the other side, which is for me, what is the value I bring? So if I have a startup, what's the value in materially? So what am I helping in? And then also try to monetize it in a way. So also saving time. But it is a bit hard to monetize it because I think at the end, there is a lot of information and knowledge that goes into these workshops. But I think the approach was to mix methods. So yes, market research, yes, value-based. Cost-based approach to pricing, not really, because I think as a consultant, yes, you need resources in terms of maybe uh, digital resources or sources, so descriptions to, to information, but that's for me not that important. So, yeah. Did it feel easy to you? No. No. <laughs> no, 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 at all. I think I was very exciting because I love to do market research, but when it's for yourself, there is always this element of, so I try to really understand what was a consultant offering to be clear about what am I offering and somewhere put myself out there and feel, I think the point is to put yourself where more or less you think it's fair and then grow with time. Pricing is a dynamic thing. We shouldn't look at and, and you mentioned it, you're the expert, you mentioned it many times. It keeps evolving. Find the place that you feel fine with it. Maybe you're underpriced at the beginning, but then just go step by step and find your confidence and raise your price if necessary. That's great. Thanks for sharing that. It's always interesting to hear how different people approached it at the beginning. And for those who are watching to understand that if they're struggling with it, it's normal. <laughs> normal. Yeah, that's probably the best word for it, right? <laughs> yeah, very true. So, Christina, I'm curious, because one of the things that we talked about before we got on this call today was pricing of unusual things. So I'd like you to share with us a little bit more about what you mean by that, and maybe you have some examples you can share. I mean, let's say, bring the example from my work now. So as a consultant, I my, my focus is mainly on, on clean tech startups. I also advise others, clean tech team technologies that make better use of resources more efficiently and find or maybe use a renewable energy sources. So this is a bit to, you know, define clean tech. And these are often or sometimes technologies that either don't exist yet or, or that are being built at, as we speak. One good example is, for example, a hydrogen-powered vehicle. This is not a new vehicle, it has been existing now for a few years, but it has not yet been used as a widespread mean of transportation. And the pricing is an interesting point because you have a completely new set of costs compared to a regular car that works with gasoline. 
um, you have other uh, materials, you have another assembly way, and then also you have another infrastructure. And what's interesting, how do you price that? Where you cannot look at the market and say, yeah, sure, they've been doing it like this because of this and this, there's a whole history. No, it's a new technology that not only costs differently, but also has a new value. And especially for people like early adopters that are maybe uh, tech savvy uh, users that are super uh, excited about the hydrogen part vehicle, maybe they're ready to pay, to pay a little more. So there is also on the other side, the price sensitivity of the user, of the customer. And, and there's other elements that flow into this new price for the hydrogen powered vehicle. And I find that super exciting. It is then even more complicated because you have no reference, but I think it's really to find the logic and the market readiness. I mean, in a lot of cases, when you're working with things like that, we use something called value stacking where we use a reference and then as the comparison point, and then you look at what is the additional value and you can stack on top of that. And that's often used for things that are, let's say, unusual or new in the market, but you have to be really careful because oftentimes if you say, well, it's just like this, but it's not, (laughs) then you give people that reference and it destroys the value. So you can get confusing. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think the the most unusual thing I priced was lab mice. Oh, I had a client. <laughs> it was one of my very first projects when I started my own business, and they needed there was a university needed who needed help trying to figure out how to price the the lab mice that they were selling. <laughs> Oh my I learned a lot. I didn't know. I have to say, it was, it was super. <laughs> yeah, it was really, it was really quite interesting. <laughs> because you work with a lot of startups, you see a lot of behavior, good and bad. And I'm curious, what are some of the mistakes that you commonly see startups making when it comes to their pricing? I think it's the time span or the midterm, long term, in the short term. They are very anxious sometimes, even if they decide for a strategy, a pricing strategy, they might have the tendency to very quickly say, it's not working. We don't have time and this should be moving, you know, and I think time is sometimes against startups. And I think that's a shame because also, again, this is why maybe you need a well-informed ground of decisions. I'm not saying it's perfect. I'm not saying it's going to immediately give you all the answers, but to feel that whatever you've decided, the enterprising strategy, for example, go with it for the why you've decided, because the fruits come sometimes a little later or a little, or, or it takes a bit more time. But sometimes I, I have the feeling the time dimension mm-hmm. has become very, very short term and success needs to happen immediately. And obviously financing plays a role, but it takes a bit of time. The time, the time. That's a good point. Yeah. I mean, it's hard when you're in those early days of a business to be, let's say, patient <laughs> when you're trying to get uh, those first clients and get that that profit engine, you know, to get it greased and going a little bit. So, yeah, I, yeah it's very hard to be patient. I think you're right. That that's something they struggle with. Or keep insisting. Even, I mean, ins- not only patient, but Again, and again, but I think I talked to so many startups, also in relation to the female founders. 
and then so many good conversations. And, and they say it's really you need to try again and again. And it gets better. I mean, it gets better because you also know now what they want to know and you understand also why they want to know it. And, yeah. and I think that's also why what I mean by time, really try again and try again. And of course, when you've been trying for three years, you also need to know when to give up. <laughs> <laughs> or when to change things, right? It's not always throwing in the towel. I guess that there's a point where you may want to do that as well, but it's about having that flexibility and You're learning right. the skill of when to keep trying and when to let go and things like that. And it was hard. Yeah. No, yeah, it's hard. And I don't know, I feel a lot for them and I feel with them because I've been there and I know, I know it's hard. And I think uh, I really hope that when they work with me, they get again, a bit of a security and then again, of a, a bit of an impulse, you know, to say, mm -hmm. let's go again, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting. I mean, one thing that I've seen, I was talking with somebody, I was at a startup event over the weekend and back to this, if you're, if you have something unusual that you're pricing, I forget what it was and maybe it's not important what it was, but they were, you know, they said, this is what we're bringing to the market. It's kind of like this, but it's better. So how much more can we charge? And I said, well, first of all, why do you assume that people are going to be willing to pay more for it if it does the same thing, right? And also, you know, you also have to be careful with making these assumptions. And one of the things yeah. that I always emphasize with people is the importance of understanding who you're targeting. What's your experience with that? Or what, what can you... I agree with, with what you say. It's fundamentally that, that you know who you're targeting, but how do you know? You need to yourself out there and maybe even do interviews you know very practical things to find out because it would be a shame that you've been spending six months on messaging and communication when in fact it's been the point for the person you know or the customer so i think that's the first is really who are you selling it or who are you who do you want to actually uh, purchase whatever you're you're offering and why why is it gonna be such a great thing for them and it's so difficult, but it's not always easy to answer that question. And again, when you have maybe three founders in a startup, it could be that they really don't, they're not talking about the same thing. So mm -hmm. in a way, just really be on the same page. And yeah, I think that's really important. Yeah, I think especially when you're in a startup where there's a team of people, listening actually becomes probably one of the most important skills that any of the individual team members have, right? Yes. And also listening outside, talking to people. You know, go and invite someone for lunch that you know, hey, this person, they just know a lot about this topic and go listen or go and ask. Right, right. So, Christina, we're going to start wrapping this up now. What's one thing um, in your experience about, you know, around pricing that you'd like people to take away from our discussion today? I think when you're doing pricing, maybe my lesson learned is use a mixed approach. So look at the market, but also try to figure out that, what's the value of your product, your technology for the customer, and try to basically bring two different lights or three different lights into this topic. So in order to look at it from several different perspectives and to get, get a better grip on why your pricing should be like that. 
Yeah, I think that's an excellent point. I think too often people do try to just look at what everybody else is doing. That'll be the right price for me. Or if I just add up my costs, that'll be the right price for me. And actually it's not something that you should look at through one lens. It should be looked at through multiple lens. That's great. I love it. Thanks for sharing that. What's the best business advice you've been given over the years? I think it's maybe also life advice is basically when you have a problem or a task or whatever that comes in, Mm -hmm. deal with it as best as possible, but doesn't need to be perfect and get it out. (laughs) Don't be stuck. Don't hold on to it for too long. There's many things that arise. Find a good solution and let it go. That's great. It's easy to get stuck. Yeah. We've all been there, yeah. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. What's the most amazing thing that you've overcome in your business? Well, I would say uh, go and talk to people out of the blue. I think that's, I mean, I love to talk to people. Yeah, I admit this probably is my Spanish side. I love to yeah. talk, but I think it's different when you go and you talk on a personal level, but then if you go really and you're trying to meet new clients and, and explain to them what you're doing and how you could work together. I think that's, I, I'm, I'm very happy to be doing it. I'm learning so much every single time, but I think it's, how do you say, uh, in German, you say, practice. It's practice. Absolutely. So do you have a favorite book, tool, podcast, or... Something you'd like to share with the audience? I'm reading at the moment a book called Venture Deals. I'm reading it in German, but I think it's probably in English as well. It's a deep dive into venture deals, so everything from the legal perspective, the management, everything. And my thing is I'm not reading so many books. I read a lot during the pandemic and I'm done. (laughs) I read, I want to see people again, my Spanish side. So my advice, honestly, is find the knowledge in people because they have lived through it or they have learned it. Many people are so ready to give you advice. Find, of course, good people you trust, but there is really a lot of really, really knowledgeable people out there. Yeah. This weekend, I was at the startup weekend here in Basel and it was just, it was fantastic. It was good to be around anybody, everyone, and the energy was so great and so many great business ideas. It was really something special. And I think in some ways, some of us at least are starved for for those kinds of things. (laughs) Yeah, yes, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. One last question. How can people reach out to you if they'd like to find out more about working with you? They can go on my website and book a call straight like this. I'd be super happy to talk to them. It's free of charge. Not that some people think I charge them for a call or just contact me on LinkedIn. Great. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's been such a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you very much for having me. Great. So all of you who are listening out there, thank you for joining us today. I want to share with you one more thing before we go. I have a new course coming up called Fair Price Formula. This course is all about how to set your prices. I will take you through step by step how to find a fair price for what you offer. If you'd like to know more about this, you can head on over to Maven and type in pricing and you'll find the course, the Fair Price Formula, on their course list. 
If you have any questions, you can always book a call with me at thepricinglady.com backslash book a call with little hyphens in there, <laughs> book dash a dash call. Otherwise, I wish you a great day. Have a wonderful time. And as always, everyone, enjoy pricing. Thank you for listening to this episode of Live with the Pricing Lady, the podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, rate, review, and subscribe to it, then share it with your friends and colleagues. I love hearing back from you listeners. If you've got comments, questions, or topic ideas, go on over to thepricinglady.com and contact me there. Not sure where to start when it comes to improving pricing and profits? At thepricinglady.com, you can download a copy of my self-assessment pricing scorecard. Find out where it's going well and where you can begin improving. Or just simply book a discovery call with me. There we can discuss what's up with pricing in your business and how I might be able to help you. Thanks once again for joining. Remember, pricing can hurt or help your business. Let's make sure it's helping you reach your dreams. See you next time. And as always, enjoy pricing.